to EST. If you love the established church, this is the place to have conversations about why the established church matters, how to better serve her, and to hear stories every week about how God is using the church for His glory and our good. The show is hosted each week by Sam Rayner, Josh King, and Micah Fries. We're glad you're here. Hey, what's up? Welcome to another episode of EST, the podcast for established church leaders by actual established church leaders. My name is Josh King. Sam and Mike are both on the show today. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, it's good. Life's good right now. As soon as Sam logged on a minute ago, I heard police sirens. Yeah. So, okay. Yes. I, you know, I don't- It is Florida. I don't live in the city city. You know, I'm, I'm not-, I'm not we're kind of that weird coat. It's not quite urban, but it's not suburban either. It's real dense. And I do, I do live next to the fire station and there is a path that the, they yeah. you know, fire, you know, the fire trucks and the police that, that it comes down the road that I live off of. I live off of a, not a major road, but a, a road that they would travel. So city yep. is super relative. We have folks, we'll run into folks here in Conway who will talk about Conway being the big city. There's 60,000 people. It's not a big city. But Arkansas terminology, it is. Yeah. Well, for a lot, of, it's all about perspective. It's all perspective relative. So it's true. Very it good. True. Um, I, I, there was something I was going to ask you guys, but we do have a topic today. I'll, I'll think of it in a, a minute. A fun topic. A fun topic. We're going to talk about humor. It's hilarious. It's, <laughs> I'm hilarious. Do your <laughs> wives think you're not shot. funny? My wife does not think I'm funny. I don't what think, are you saying? I'm not so sure. Actually, the, one, of the, one of the reasons that I love my wife is because she, she actually laughs at my jokes. Uh, and oh, some, well, and sometimes laughs. Sometimes. No, no. And Aaron genuinely finds me humorous. Mm-hmm. And it's sometimes she's literally the only one laughing. The only one laughing. Oh, God made her. I mean, I, 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 you know, I don't, I don't believe in the soulmate garbage. You know, I just think that's silliness, but uh, God certainly the designed. The next romantic, yeah. romantic comedy coming to you from Sam Rayner. Mm-hmm. God, God designed her for like just my humor. And I don't know if she's that good at lying Mm-hmm. Um, or if she genuinely finds me humorous, but either way, it, it's, uh, it's, it's good for my soul. Jackie laughs, but she swears I'm not funny. I mean, but I see her laughing. I can, I see her right there. She's laughing and I make her laugh all the time, but she swears. She's like, she, you're not funny. She thinks she's more funny than I am. And she's not, she's, she's not even funny. I'm just funny to look at. <laughs> Which Speaking by the of, way, that picture you put out there I on know, social I media. I about to say. Which I one? mean, Micah, you're, you're tall. I mean, you're oh six, six. Oh my gosh. The dude from yesterday. Yes. Yeah. yeah, those are two college guys at our church, 168 and 1610. I'm telling you, man, they dwarf me. Yeah, I, I should have had already... Tracy standing up next to all three of us. Of course. Yeah. And for our listeners that don't know Tracy, your wife, she's um, four more on the eight. petite she's side. She's four foot four eight, eight, and I'm six foot Goodness. six. Yeah, that's, that's small. Yeah. And you're very yeah. tall. And I am pretty tall. Well, yeah, I'm short as well. But the thing I always say is I didn't know I was short. Until like well into my adult life. That's why I don't have like short man syndrome. <laughs> That's hilarious. I just I really I don't know didn't that know. you're that short. So you're not really Josh. short. You're kind of just, just average height. Yeah. I think I'm short. Really Every person I know, we posted a picture with our staff guys looking like a boy band in Nashville. I don't know if you saw I that. I saw that. Yeah. And I'm much shorter than everybody I know. If if you if you started a boy band, you it would be Joe and the Wikis. Joe yeah, oh I wouldn't God. want to be too. Sounds much like a fifties doo-wop uh, group, <laughs> is what it sounds like. 
we don't know why we all stood that way. We honestly were just trying to take a picture. That was it. And <laughs> and then we got it and we're like, why are we all standing so stupid? So we're talking about humor in leadership, also humor in preaching. You guys use a lot of humor in your preaching? I try. Yeah, yeah to answer your question, yes. I think it's funny. Mm-hmm. I don't know if others do. Yeah, I don't use a lot of humor in my preaching, but I do try to use some humor each week. Mm. I told a story yesterday and during the 11 o'clock service, our third service, I was laughing so hard at my own story, I snorted. (laughs) (laughs) You want to hear the story? So I told this little girl when when I was baptizing her, her foot came up out of the water. So I told her that uh, when she gets to heaven, she's not going to have toes. And um, that just cracked me up because I kept remembering her face as she, as <laughs> she thought about the it. pastor. The pastor told me it. It must be right. <laughs> yeah, I use a lot of funny stories, but I was thinking about this this morning as I was preparing for this episode. Uh, yeah, I did that a little bit. And I think that people who try to be funny in sermons are overthinking it. And I think, you know, there's all these rules and these ways. I'm just like, you know, I'm not, there's never a time when I'm sermon prepping when I think, okay, I need a funny story. I'm never thinking of a funny story. I'm always trying to find an illustration that best communicates this idea. Sometimes those are funny, but I mean, how do you guys think to, do you guys go looking for jokes? Do you guys ever use jokes or just kind of stories that? No. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I'm not I'm not against jokes, but you would better be really good at what you do. Now, mm-hmm. I will say I have a pastor friend down the road. He's literally down the road uh, at the Christian church, just maybe a mile and a half from us. Is your uh, church his, not Christian? Well, okay. I've got a, I've got some a lot of funny stories between the Baptists <laughs> and the Christian church, and we actually right. get along really, really, really well. That's he's good. a good friend of mine. But his side gig is he's a stand-up comedian. Mm. <laughs> I'm, I'm not I'm no joke. That's he is awesome. An I love actual no stand joke. Up. And and Except he's he's pretty. Jokes, he, I mean, he's pretty funny. So he will tell jokes mm. in in his services while he's he's preaching. But he's good at it. Yeah. So yeah. I, I do I plan jokes. Ooh, I, man, I'm a corny dad, and it comes across as dad humor, which may work sometimes. But if I did it often probably more cringeworthy than anything else. So I don't necessarily plan jokes, but I mm-hmm. do plan humor depending on the text, certainly. Yeah. Micah, you look for yeah, jokes. Yeah, I don't I don't plan humor or jokes. I just usually find something humorous in the text and try and uh, bring it out. So I'll give you an example from yesterday's sermon. Um preaching Galatians, the end of Galatians 4 and the beginning of Galatians 5, which is Paul taking on, you know, the Judaizers, the circumcision party. By the way, I've used uh, I've used the line multiple times in this series, uh, something along the lines of the circumcision party, you know, the party that no one ever wants to vote for or the party <laughs> I never want to attend. Um, See, but that's funny. It's funny, but and that's it's funny. a quick, easy line. You know, and the Bible mm-hmm. says circumcision party. Holy smokes. You know, yeah. I don't know what the invites look like for that one. But right. anyway, so, you know, at the, at, <laughs> I'm already at, laughing. You see, I'm it's already funny. Laughing. And then you get to the middle of chapter five and Paul drops the line. In fact, it's it's verse 12. It's the last verse we we studied yesterday where Paul is, you know, basically says, I wish those members of the circumcision party would just mutilate themselves, mm-hmm. which was such an easy place for a joke about, you know, 
dismembering yourself. And right. so, uh, I, you know, it's in the text. It's what Paul said. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I mean, usually I think there's just almost always something like that in most texts where you can just kind of make a humorous sort of reference to it. Everybody snickers. And usually like yesterday, the reference was, you know, to mutilation. And I made a funny joke and uh, everybody starts snickering. And I just said, look, I know you guys are all wondering whether you're allowed to laugh. It's okay. And then the whole place just died laughing, you know, like, right, like right. to me, that's the best kind of humor in the sermon. Cause it's in the text. It's contextually faithful. It doesn't like, it's not distracting from the, the sermon at all, but it, I just think the, if you can get people to laugh two or three times in a sermon, there's a high likelihood that they're going to remember it. And take it home with them. Yeah, I'll yeah. regularly have people laugh. I will also regularly evoke emotion to cry. And so that's – I think they're both on the same thing. It's I'm not trying to do it. I'm just trying to be – what do you call it? Um, the human. Same, yeah. Human, I mean, the there's a human itself element. itself has an emotional element to it. Well, there's a match that. I mean, the, the Psalms are full of ups and downs and highs and lows. And the, the, the God is a God of emotions. He gave us emotions, which means he, he gave us laughter. Um, I think levity is just a part of the human experience. If it's completely absent from your preaching, I think you're missing something the same way that if mourning is completely absent from your preaching, something is missing. I mean, how can you, how can you preach? The end of what? The end of Mark fourteen, where mm-hmm. uh, the the guys running away naked in in <laughs> the Garden fine. of Gethsemane, See, the mysterious naked guy in the Garden of Gethsemane, and not yes. laugh. How can, I mean, I think God. That's I, I get why it's there. Many think that it's what Mark saying. I, I abandoned Jesus too, but it's also stinking hilarious. I, I had to. Yeah. I, I was so scared. I ran away naked. I mean, so there's parts of the Bible well, that do lend themselves to to humor. Remember this too, like. The majority of what we're dealing with in scripture is generally very serious and sort of carries a depth with it that is significant. And so if you can break up that with a little bit of humor here and there, it will reinforce the depth or the seriousness of the majority of the text. And I think that's what a lot of preachers miss. I think they 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 think, oh, this is so serious. I've got to be serious the whole time. And what they don't realize is by putting a little bit of humor, a little bit of levity in, it lightens it enough that people really pay attention to the serious parts. Have either of you ever run into somebody that just thinks humor in sermons is oh gosh wrong? Yes. Sure. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Sure. Um, What's the argument there? This is a serious what Mike is saying. Yeah, that this is a serious text. That yeah. this is a, a you know this is God's word. This is something that needs to be ta- you know preached with the utmost of care. Um, and 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 I would say, well, care levity is part of care. I've I've been by the <laughs> bedside of people who are dying. And you know, literally physically dying. And we joke together because they know that they're about to pass, but they want to go out with joy. So yeah, we, right. we laugh together. It's one of the best parts of the human experience, right? Humor is one of the ultimate moments in the hum- human experience when you, can, when you can laugh, when you can enjoy yourself. And exactly. uh, I think um, we do a disservice when we, when we withdraw that part of our preaching experience. I don't I don't think you can have the joy of the Lord and never laugh. Yeah, I think that's probably mm-hmm. laughter is not itself the joy of the Lord. But if you never laugh, I would question whether or not you have God's joy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it just you can't it doesn't make sense. It doesn't compute that if overall what you're saying is that you have freedom in Christ, that this is the gospel, the good news, then there should be some levity to it, some 
happiness and some laughter. The other thing that I think preachers miss about laughter in sermons is, as I as I sit here and reflect on some of the times that we're laughing, you ever listen to somebody's story and you're just kind of smiling or you might chuckle a little bit because you relate to it? Yes. It's not a joke. Yes. I'm not... I was thinking about the stories that I told yesterday, particularly the opening um, sort of story. It wasn't a joke. There was no punchline. There was no um, gotcha moment. It was just sort of a relatable story that we've been to before. And there was quite a bit of laughter, just some laughing and some encouragement towards one another. So I think if you're never getting any sort of, if there's no laughter in your preaching or from the audience, then maybe there's not a connection that's happening there. And that's, that's right. something – if there's no tears, then you're not only – and I don't – I want to be careful. It's not that you want to connect yourself to the audience. You want to connect the text to the audience and the text has an emotion. That's right. So you want and, to be – And I can get that. some of the pushback because I think we see a lot of um, easy believism in the church historically, even some today. I think you see a lot of – um, you know, people who are being too lighthearted in worship, um, you know, fun just for the sake of fun instead of sure. the mission of God. Sure. Um, so I do think that the consumeristic mentality of some churches lends itself to an overreaction the other way. I think that mm-hmm. the you know, pendulum kind of, while we see a lot of, you know, a lot of um, abuse of lightness and levity. Um, so when, when I'm talking about levity in your preaching or staff meeting or just interacting with people, um, I, I'm talking about being winsome through humor. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not talking about shying away from difficult things or um, using humor to hide, behind, you know, hiding behind humor and the difficult stuff. Um, it's one tool in the toolbox. I just think it's one that perhaps in some churches is underutilized. Yeah, yeah. that's right. I've seen it far more underutilized than I've seen it overused. I exactly. Know. Yeah. yeah. I, I would agree with you there. I'm just saying I can understand the overreaction. I can understand why some would say, you know, you, you would want they would want clarity. You know, hey, if you're going to use a lot of humor, what what do you mean by that? Because I've seen some abuses. Yeah, sure. And and I get accused because uh, there's a lot of laughter in my sermons, and sometimes people think that I'm not taking it seriously enough or something that way. And I'm honest uh, as best as I can stand before anybody and say. I'm not meaning any sort of disrespect. This is just the way I see the world. And this is just the way I communicate. And you guys know when, when we're just, if we're just having hamburgers or coffee or just talking offline. That's just the way I talk. I just make jokes about myself or about something else. And, um, it's, it has nothing really to do with my perspective on how serious the text is. I will also say I kind of relate to those who. <laughs> maybe feel like it needs to be a little bit more serious. I, um, you know, you know, this is similar, this is related, but not exactly the same. You know, when people pray and they use things like, and daddy, they'll say daddy in their sermons. That's just something that makes me uncomfortable, but it's not, I don't see anything theologically wrong with it. And so I can kind of relate to people who would say laughter in the sermon maybe makes them a little bit uncomfortable. Sure. Sure. I think that's fair. So yeah, I mean, and but understand this is you're talking about comic relief in mm-hmm. terms of a tool that you use uh, as an orator, as somebody who's a speaker. I mean, this is a this is something that goes all the way back, I guess, to William Shakespeare, if not before. I mean, you've got these tragedies, you know, Hamlet, Macbeth, Othello, 
Romeo and Juliet. Mm -hmm. um, even in those tragic plays, you have very um, funny lines. You have yeah. comic relief. Mm -hmm. I think sermons need to have an element of that as well. Not that you need to use William Shakespeare as a model for how you preach, mm -hmm. but that idea of comic relief, even in something very serious, um, it helps keep the attention and it and it causes that break causes people to think more deeply. Um, well, if you're Micah kind of alluded to that earlier, I, I do think that break is important if you are consistently preaching very heavy. Mm -hmm. um, you're going to need some comic relief built in. If your English Bible doesn't sound like William Shakespeare, you're not using the right one. <laughs> and that's a very serious matter. No comment. <laughs> that is a that is a complete rabbit trail that I am going to not chase. And just one day I'm just going to have to post my own episode where I just chase that rabbit. Up. I am I am sure. going to leave you hanging on that one. We're going to avoid that one like the plague. I don't care. Uh, um, I think there is a broader I I topic here as well. Not just preaching, not just using humor in our sermons, but just levity and leadership. Right? I mean, Sam, you talked about this a little bit earlier. So I have. Um, I have a mentor who's now a retired pastor. Uh, his name's John Marshall. He was at second, uh, second in Springfield for years and years and years. And I remember when I was, I'd been a pastor for about seven years or so at this point. And I remember calling him one day and saying, Hey, I just feel like our staff meetings are not effective. And, uh, I'm not sure what to do about it. How can we increase our effectiveness in our staff meetings? And he was, you know, he'd been pastoring for a long, long, long time at this point and pastored a large church. And I remember he said, Micah, do you laugh a lot in your staff meetings? And I said, yeah, that's kind of the problem. I feel like we're not getting stuff accomplished because we're just laughing all the time. He's like, yeah, that's kind of how I measure an effective staff meeting. If the folks are enjoying each other, they're laughing a lot. I think we're being a lot more effective than you think. Hmm. And I thought that was a pretty compelling point that he was making. Not that the content of the meeting doesn't matter, but that levity is probably a good picture of whether or not you're building a team that likes each other, wants to work together, enjoys each other's company. And I think sometimes we underestimate that. And preachers, pastors, I mean, let's be honest, we can be kind of serious people, right? Uber mm -hmm. serious people. Yeah. And I think that shows, I think one of the things I'm very careful about is I don't want to be a different person in the pulpit than I am in the office. Because just like your family, we talk a lot about how your family sees you at the church and at home, mm -hmm. uh, your staff or those volunteers or those leaders that work with you regularly, deacons and such, they'll see you in the pulpit, then they'll see you in right. the quote unquote office working week to week. And if you're inconsistent, if you tell a lot of jokes up there, if you're smiling all day on Sunday and shaking hands and friendly and hugging, and then throughout the week, you're never talking to anybody, you don't have time to stop and talk to them. I think that there's an inconsistency <laughs> there with your leadership. and it's detrimental. Uh, I've found that as being one led and as being a leader myself. Yeah. And, and leading with levity requires a bit of vulnerability as well. Sure. I, I mean, it, you, you know, if you're always serious, you might be hiding behind fear, fear of being open because, you know, to, to be lighthearted, to, to lead with humor, to, to open up in that way it requires a, a bit of vulnerability because, you know, when the joke falls flat, you're, you're kind of on your own. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, I, do, I do think that part of what keeps pastors from leading with levity um, is, is this fear of, of, of being vulnerable because mm -hmm. it, I, it's easier to be serious. Yeah, that it just is. That actually brings up a really good point, Sam and Josh, that I would highly recommend everyone to consider. And that is when using levity – 
predominantly lean on self-deprecating humor. Sure. Right? M- right. Make fun of yourself. For, for one, I think it's important because, uh, you know, you can have churches that have a tendency to sort of um, elevate, the elevate the pastor in unhealthy mm-hmm. ways. And so it's, it's always good to sort of push back on that and say, no, guys, look, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not God's gift to anything. You know, I mean, I, I've got struggles. I've got clay feet. But two, I think you're just wise to not be picking on anyone else. I, I've done that on a rare occasion, but almost every time have I regretted it when I've, when I've done something um, with respect to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I completely agree with you um, b- because you may get in a room, let's say you're in a committee meeting or a life group class or community group, small group, whatever, and you say something about someone who you're really close to and both of you get it and they're chuckling with you, but somebody may not know that you have that kind of standing with them, even if they're cool with it, somebody else may not be. So you do have to be careful about cracking on others. Uh, as much as I love to do it, I mean, trash talk is my love language. I agree. That's, that's my, you know, when we stop making fun of you as Rainers, that's when you got to be concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I get it. Trash talk is just part of my vernacular is part of who I am, but I keep that very much on an individual one-on-one basis. Try to at least, because when it, when you do it publicly, even in a small group setting, it can be perceived wrongly by someone who doesn't quite understand why you're doing it and to the person you're doing it to, because they may not, they may understand that, Hey, we've been friends for 20 years and this is just how we talk. Mm. Um, you, you do need to, while leading with levity is important, you need to be careful about the trash talking and the snarkiness and the snippiness. Yeah. Um, you it's know, something I've recently, maybe in the last two years about, I tried to cut out sarcasm. There's a difference in jokes and sarcasm. Jokes may be self-deprecating. They may be, um, just kind of joking about inanimate things like the heat or or something along those lines. Sarcasm tends to be cutting towards a person and it'll pull one person out of the crowd and kind of cut at them. I do understand that there are certain personalities. I know I'm going out on a limb here because probably 90% of our listeners are like sarcasm is my love language. <laughs> and I get that. I understand some no. level to it, but yeah, <laughs> preachers in general, uh, but you got to be extremely careful because here's the deal. You'll have for every one person that's like sarcasm is my love language. You'll have 10 people who didn't understand it, three people who get offended by it. I mean, there's just so much downside to it. The other thing that I saw in my own heart was sarcasm, unlike other forms of humor, you get into a rut where like everything you say is sarcastic. And I know we've all been around person people and you're at the staff meeting or you're just in the hall and everything is sarcastic. And you get to a point where if you're that way, people stop trusting you. Um, it's hard. I avoid conversations with people who are just constantly with the zingers. Um, that that kind of thing kind of uh, ruins things. So I'd say be very careful. But I like what you said there with Sam with I reserve that trash talking to um, one-on-one conversations. And if you can do that, and it's not 90% of your conversations just occasionally, and then you kind of like, you know, punch them in the shoulder or say, I'm just kidding or something like that, then I think it's it's helpful in some regards. Mm. Well, I don't punch people, but uh, point point taken. I'm very physical. 
<laughs> I like to hug. I'm not. Feel. I'm not a. You know, it's one of the things I've had to learn as a pastor. I'm not a touchy feely guy at all. I'm an extrovert. I love being around people, but mm. I'm not. I've never been a hugger or anything like that. So I've I've had to learn how to do that. In fact, that's that could be a whole episode. Mm. Is so what we're hearing? Hugging. What, what we're hearing for everybody on the podcast is the next time you see Sam, he's speaking somewhere that you're at. He everybody, go give him a hug. hug. He wants Sam a hug. Needs from a hug. You. Oh, I'm down. You know, you know, I'm not. I'm not my father. My my father's very much an extreme introvert and hates that kind of stuff. It's yeah. not going to bother me too much i'm just saying i'm not naturally that way i don't mind hugging people i don't know that i would hug you too i might hug sam it would just look completely ridiculous if i hug micah because of the height thing your nose right about at my belly button right like a child <laughs> so i'm not gonna hug I'm, I'm sorry i just had this mental image of, of you kissing Speak, micah's belly button speaking so. of humor no let's move let's move so the can someone Photoshop that? Of no, Josh King not. kissing like his belly button. Let's not. Uh, that would be very humorous. Uh, do you guys do um, pranks? Do you have in office? Oh pranks? yeah, I love office pranks. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I yes, that I get is super nervous right before it goes down. That they're not going to take it well. Anybody gets a new office chair here, we will put the you know the air horn underneath it and wait for them to sit down and. It's great, great laughter. Since we live, we we office in a concrete building. All of our walls are concrete. Our roof is concrete. Our floor is concrete. So an air horn is uh, exceptionally loud. And uh, what about you, Sam? What's one of your favorite? You know, the more whoopee cushions, the better. Whoopee cushions. I mean, I, I, anything if from from something as cliche and as prevalent as whoopee cushions, all the way to elaborate, crazy pranks. Yes, I am. I am completely hmm. in favor of that. I love office pranks. We used to have this cat, this robotic cat that looked demon-possessed, and it would move if you walked in front of it. I think it was like a Halloween prop. What do you mean? All cats look demon-possessed. Well, this was mechanical, and it had dust in its fur, and it was old and just gnarly looking. Any new staff person we had, we'd stick that in one of their office drawers. And sometimes, you know, or a cabinet or something in their office, sometimes you just wait. You have to wait for a while. And a couple of weeks later... They'll scream and come dragging this cat out of their office, you know, and I love that stuff. So, I um, – one of my favorite jokes is uh, you can purchase on certain websites uh, soap that has a certain look to it. it um, like it looks like poop and um, <laughs> I, I like to go into people's bathrooms uh, and and wash my hands with the – soap that looks like poop and then put it in their sink and oh my uh, put toilet paper connected Dude, to it. I'm never having you over to my house. And I know, seriously. Sam likes bathroom humor. He does. Oh, I love bathroom, 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 humor. bathroom humor. I'm and not a bathroom I, humor guy either. So, I, 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 I played that joke on one of our uh, – two of our staff people when I first got here. Now, now everyone – when some – I mean, it you could – soap, poop that looks like – soap that looks like poop, you – you got to go check it out. I just um, love the way you awkwardly say it every single time you say yes, exactly. it. Yes, exactly. Even though you've already said it four times. Just, yeah. Oh, so, yeah. No, no. <laughs> looks like. No, and it is, it, it is It is. one of the highlights <laughs> of my life is how people react because it looks so real. In fact, one of the staff people got very upset, took a picture of it. Oh, jeez. Actually took a picture of it to document it, you know, filled out an incident report, called the, you know, the cleanup people, had it all cleaned up. And so, I, I you know, I, I, I went back into their office the next day and I just said, hey, um, I left some soap in, in your mm -hmm. office. Uh, did you happen to see that soap and then it kind of hit them that the mm. i'm not a bathroom humor guy i'm a startle 
scare. Like, uh, oh, that's good too. That's yeah, good. Those too. are my those are my go to jokes. Mikey, you're not much of a prankster, are you? I I like to scare my wife a little bit, but that's about mm-hmm. the extent of my pranks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't do much other than that. Yeah. I mean, you got to be extremely careful. You also got to be, and this is something I was thinking a little bit earlier about the, the, you know, self-deprecating humor or making fun of yourself or even just being a, a lighthearted person is realize that, look, if you can't take a joke, then you ought not dish that out. That's because true. if other people are talking about you, it might hurt your feelings. And particularly as a person, as most leaders are people pleasers, as a lot of church leaders are people pleasers. You got to be careful with that. I found out recently that our college students at a um, retreat did a celebrity sort of impressions contest, and the one who won was impersonating me. <laughs> and uh, I didn't know that, and that was months ago. <laughs> that is ago. awesome. That is awesome. Yeah, and at first it is awesome. At first, though, it was not awesome. Like the second I found out, there was a tinge of hurt feeling, right? Like, oh no, are the, I kind of felt like, cause I'm, I'm real, I'm still intimidated by college students. I think they're cool and I'm not. And so I thought, oh no, are the cool kids kind of making fun of me? You know, it, it <laughs> they are, but, but it's in good humor. It's it good. was. And humor. so as I thought about that, you know, you've got to be willing, look, I make fun of myself. We're all laughing here. There's a lighthearted, our church is known for being joyful and welcoming and friendly. And a lot of that has to do with the way that I preach and the way that I carry myself. And so it's logical that that particularly that group of people would latch onto that. And so, yeah. And and by the way, if you're the lead pastor or mm -hmm. somebody who's in a key leadership position in a church, you're going to have jokes about you. Yeah. You just, it's just going to happen. You're you're the one who's kind of the, the leader. So, yeah, I mean, as part of taking your shots. And if people are joking about you and with you, it usually means they like you. Yeah, you're okay. You, you know, they don't they don't crack jokes with somebody that they don't think fondly of. So, if that's happening, it's usually usually a sign of, of yeah, fondness. you got to take one. You know, the other thing is if you are in a position of leadership and this top, be willing to be the one, if you're the leader, in the staff meeting or leadership meeting to go, okay, we need to move along. Or, you know, let's get through this. We've got so much time. You know, that sort of thing. You got to you gotta be both sides of it or kind of like you were saying, Micah, there, sometimes you won't get anything done. Or also, and this is something I've had to do is say, there are certain topics we just don't joke about, period. And I've had to shut down some jokes because if you're in different cultures or different settings, there are things that are, they think are meant in humor, but they're just not. They're not funny. So, any sort of jokes about race are just not funny. Any sort yeah, of yeah, I mean that, that's just part of being a self aware person, right? Is to know what's kind of off limits and what's not. And and to be honest, I mean we serve in different cultures and different contexts in which things are acceptable in those cultures and contexts. And even if you're new to that area, you just got to say that's not something we joke about. Period. It just never is a joke. So helping kind of cut that out is is helpful. Sam, tell us about uh, church answers. Yeah, this is no laughing matter. No, we've we've got a really Good deal. That was a terrible segue. We're but, dead um, serious. <laughs> we are dead serious. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're uh, we, we've got a partnership with Church Answers, and uh, we're able to offer a really good discount on one of the best resources at Church Answers, which is four steps to revitalizing your church with Tom Rainer. 
um, we can give you an exclusive discount, $150 off. Uh, it's a resource that is typically $397. You Just our listeners can get it for $247. You can go to my blog, samrainer.com, click on the EST link that's there. Uh, you can then go to the checkout page, check it out, uh, see what it's all about. But uh, it's seven hours of step-by-step training and instruction on how to revitalize your church. It, I've gone through it myself. Uh, it's been extraordinarily helpful. Definitely go check it out at samrainer.com. That's all the time we have for today. We would love to hear your preaching jokes or your pastoral jokes. Send them to us on Twitter at EST Church or on Facebook. Same address. Thanks for listening. We'll check you next week. You've been listening to EST, a discussion for the established church. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter, as well as subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcatcher. Thanks for listening.